Before I begin, this report is going to be super long because it documents the past few agonizing years addicted to this. I also want to say a few things about Kratom that you need to know. Kratom is definitely a dangerous drug that gets you high. No, it's not dangerous like oxys, perks, or whatever kind of hard drug is out there. It's dangerous in the sense of its subtlety. You wouldn't expect a legal drug that you can buy at a head shop to be this controlling over your everyday life. I'm not saying that you will get addicted like me, but there's definitely a possibility and I'm writing this story in hopes to keep you away from this devil of a drug. Another thing I have to say is that there's a common misconception that Kratom doesn't get you high, that it's just a mood boost or even nothing at all. Now that might be true for some people, but for me, I could definitely feel the euphoria and stimulation. If you take high doses like me, you will feel high, trust me, I'm high as fuck right now typing this. There are also people who can get hepatotoxicity from it. Usually you would know if you had this if it happens right after you start. Jaundice is the main thing you will notice appearance-wise if this were to happen to you. Luckily, this hasn't happened to me yet and doesn't really happen to that many people. I think people are afraid of this phenomenon because there are a lot of stories on the internet of people describing how they got hepatotoxicity from Kratom. The reason behind this, in my opinion, is because what happened to them is so crazy that they need to make sure all the internet needs to know. That's just what I believe. The last thing I want to say about Kratom is something positive. I think Kratom can be very beneficial to people who are going through opioid, alcohol, or benzo withdrawal. I think it can help you get off of that much more dangerous substance and put you on something that is still bad, but not nearly as bad as those. The risk in that though is that if you were addicted to the previous substance, you will 100% be addicted to Kratom. Like I said though, out of those four, Kratom is the least harmful. So the only reason I would recommend this drug would be for people already suffering through horrible addictions and withdrawals. I've read lots of stories of opioid addicts switching to Kratom and it being a lifesaver for them. Now that I've explained my views on the substance, let me take you on a journey through my ongoing abusive relationship with Kratom. Before I talk about how I got to using it, I want to tell you what or who influenced me to do it in the first place. I had a friend in high school who I'm no longer friends with and I'm glad I'm not. He was addicted to Kratom and we were all doing drugs at that time so I wasn't really concerned with his use. Come to think of it now though I'm probably more addicted than he ever was. I remember in one of the classes I had with him, he would bring a bottle of water and put a shit ton of Kratom powder in it, mix it up and then drink it. Ugh, so nasty, the taste was awful. No one questioned him drinking a green liquid because he was a health nut vegan who would lie and say it was spirulina if anyone asked. I was never interested in taking it after watching him drink those disgusting green waters, but one day we were at a head shop and he was going to buy some. I said fuck it and I'll try it. He was super excited that I wanted to try the Kratom, but looking back now, if he was anything close to a good friend, he should have said no. I remember the Kratom clear as day. It was a tiny bottle with 15 capsules inside. It was pretty expensive too, but it was not an extract. I think it was just more potent than normal Kratom. He gave me seven and he took eight. I was so excited to be high and see what he was raving about this whole time. We were hanging out for a little while after this and I wasn't feeling anything, so I called BS on his claims. But then I went home and I immediately felt it. I was so stimulated and euphoric, it almost felt like an Adderall. When I laid down on my bed, I felt so good and I knew I wanted to do this again. Since I'm already dragging the story along, I'll just skip ahead to how I got to the level I'm at today. 
So basically, the first time I tried Kratom that I described previously was in 2017. I didn't really use Kratom that much up until 2019. I would take it two to three times a week and I used it only for when I was going out or going somewhere I didn't feel like going. I do remember one time I took Kratom before I went to my girlfriend's house and decided to take 10 grams of it and my regular dosage, mind you, was 5 to 6 grams. I was so messed up at her house and it was so hard for me to hide it, but I did. I was shaking, my vision was wobbling so bad and I had major anxiety. Trying to talk to her dad was like speaking in front of thousands of people in an audience. I was that nervous. Luckily though, it wore off in a couple of hours and I was dressed nice. So hey, people who take drugs don't dress nice. Sarcasm. Skipping to the summer of 2019 is when the repeated use took place. I have a tiresome job and wanted the day to be more fun. I decided I would take Kratom halfway through my day to get me through the last couple of hours. Honestly, remembering this moment of my Kratom addiction makes me really sad because at this point I wasn't balls deep into abuse. I was just taking around 7-8 grams once a day. To some people that might seem like a lot already, but compared to what I'm going to tell you later, it's nothing. I basically did this routine every day until one time I decided to take a second dose to finish off the day and take the first dose earlier. It was the same dosage but just doing it one more time. This decision was the one I regret the most out of all the other decisions I've made during this time. This is also around the time I started getting panic attacks. I'm not sure if Kratom had anything to do with it because I was also drinking shitloads of caffeine too. I would doubt it if it wasn't at least 35% why I suffered these attacks. I did the two dose a day routine for months and for the first time in this whole experience, I knew I had a problem. I remember stopping cold turkey for a week and some change. I did not feel bad physically, but mentally I wanted it so bad. When I stopped taking it, I had an urge just to feel something, anything. I bought a jewel just to try and get a buzz and I never smoke whatsoever. I bought those energy boosters that come in a four pack at the gas station and boy, did my anxiety skyrocket. I got a panic attack from doing this and didn't take those pills again for a while. My dumbass still never learns though as I have done these pills probably around 10 more times since then and most of the time I get a panic attack and pray that I don't die. It's going to be hard to believe this next part, but believe me, it's very true. The feeling of nothing was draining me, so I resorted to taking a couple Advils to relieve my cravings of euphoria. As you may have guessed, I didn't feel shit and was just suffering. To my surprise though, around the end of that Kratomless week, I was fine. I didn't have a desire to be high or take Kratom, but something changed on that last day. Up until now, this was the closest I have ever come to stopping Kratom, but as you can tell, there is still more to this depressing story. I wanted to do Kratom and told myself that I was just going to buy it one more time and be done with it. Well, I bought the 5 pack of the OPMS gold extract pills from a head shop and took one. When it kicked in, I felt so fucking good and knew that my habit was going to continue no matter what I told myself. I went back to two doses a day for a period of my life and since then I have stopped taking Kratom about three times. One time was for three days and the last two times were for a little over a day. So yeah, I pretty much haven't stopped since then. It really only goes downhill from here, but the worst part of my Kratom addiction happened in late 2020 to 2021. I apparently thought that two doses wasn't enough, so I started taking three. Yep, you heard that right, three doses a day. 
I also raised the dosages to 9 grams each dose. So during this extended period of time, I was doing 27 fucking grams a day. Sometimes more, sometimes less. I don't know what urged me to do this, but I did it. I would dose before I got to work, halfway through the day, and then near the end of my workday so I'd be a little high at home. I was also scarfing these capsules down with bangs, the energy drink with 300 milligrams of caffeine. I would drink one bang for my first dose and one bang for my last dose. I still can't believe I did that shit. There were also some days where I would take the normal dose in the morning and then take like 3 to 4 more grams 45 minutes after. Please, don't be like me. When I was doing these large doses of Kratom each day, my anxiety started skyrocketing. I never had anxiety in high school. I was carefree and didn't really give a fuck about anything. Now though, I was a worried and stressed mess of a person. Basically at this point, I was just taking Kratom to not only feel high, but feel normal. I felt like I needed to take Kratom to get through a day of work and I never missed a dose to achieve this normalcy. I hope people who are listening to this understand that I never intended to do Kratom daily like this, but it slowly crept its way into my soul and mind and took control of it. Another thing I want to add is that my tolerance has pretty much stayed stagnant. I can do 8.5 grams and still feel stimulated. So even doing these large doses repeatedly never really raised my tolerance, unless you are comparing it to my first two years where I wasn't addicted. Anyways, I did three doses a day for months until I finally stopped taking that halfway through the day dose and only take it in the morning and late afternoon. It has been like that since then with some minor changes involved. I have no idea how I was able to cut down a dose, but I'm glad I did. The thought of doing three doses nowadays is so insane that I can't believe I used to be like that. So not only does this addiction take hold of your mind and spirit, but it also takes control of your wallet. Every couple of weeks I go into a head shop to buy the 500 capsule Kratom bottle and also buy the OPMS gold extract sometimes too. If you ever do Kratom and my story is somehow not deterring you away, please don't ever buy the extract. It is so powerful and costs so much money to keep up with. I have been taking them a lot more recently and it costs $50 for 5 extract pills where I am located. To give a rough estimate as to how much I spend on Kratom yearly, it would have to be around $5,000. I'm not shitting you. It could be more or it could be less, but I would take the former. Since I haven't really described the effects, I will do so now. The peak of the Kratom high feels like your body got a little bit more numb, you are more sociable, in a better mood, and just everything becomes a little bit more alright in your life. I compare this addiction to a caffeine addiction. You're going to feel better after you ingest it and this feeling of improvement will become necessary and your body will require you to take it every single day. You are activating the reward system in your brain from these substances and that's why it's very hard to quit. Since becoming addicted to Kratom, there are many things that have happened to me, both physically and mentally. Physically, I'm very fatigued and tired all the time. That could be due to my job, but the Kratom doesn't help it. I also shake damn near all the time, and if I do the extracts, the shakes become more pronounced. I also see static and floaters in my vision, which can go back to my psychedelic use, but I feel like the Kratom is only making it worse. As long as I don't focus on it, I won't notice it. I'm not as worried about the physical detriments to my body as I am the mental ones. 
I have extreme anxiety. I don't like going out. I'm afraid to talk to women, and a lot of friends I have had have basically disappeared because I'm nervous to see them, and I also panic a lot and feel depressed most days. I feel like I am also just stuck in my own thoughts. These are bad thoughts too. Every time I think of something, it always ends up turning out negative. I'm not going to say I'm never in a good mood, but I'm definitely in this distressed state more than in a cheerful state. There is one positive thing to come out of all this though, and it's that I have a severe amount of empathy towards others. I try to help people in need and do whatever I can to make their lives better. If my life already sucks, I don't want others to feel the same pain as I do. This kind of empathy though is also a negative for me. I feel like since I know everyone else's pain that I will never be happy again. The knowledge of the suffering of the human race and also innocent animals terrorizes me daily knowing that I can only do so much. I'm not saying I'm a good person either. I still make mistakes and do bad things, so don't get it twisted. Sometimes when I talk to people, I'll start stuttering my words because I'm already thinking of the next sentence I'm going to say, so the words jumble into each other and it comes out as a stutter. I have also noticed I have weird tics where I grab my chin and scratch my head when talking to someone, usually when it's a question. When I notice this, I immediately stop. My old counselor, who I don't visit anymore, noticed this about me and made me paranoid about it ever since. Yeah, thanks a lot. People have also told me I'm very funny and calm. I can only be funny because of the torment my mind goes through on a daily basis. That's why, if you haven't noticed, comedians are more likely to kill themselves. Just look it up and you'll see it happens quite frequently. I wouldn't say I'm suicidal, but I've definitely thought about it a couple times. Whether that's just crashing into the median on the freeway or shooting myself. I can't say I would ever actually do this, but I've never gotten to the point of it being even close to doing those things. There is not one person that knows I am addicted to Kratom. People know I have taken it before, but they do not know anything past that, like the extent and frequency of my use. It is very easy to hide that you're on it because it's not going to fuck you up like a strong opioid or stimulant will. It gives you a mix of both that balances the two to create a normal person. People who see me daily think that's the real me. No, that's the Kratom-induced sack of animated limbs. Currently, I'd say I can manage the doses better. I still do a lot, but I can wait to do a dose. Unfortunately, I still have to do two, but before, I had to do it at a specific time. There is still the lingering problem of it being on my mind before I take it. For example, before my second dose, I am pretty much always thinking of Kratom up until I do it. I wait until my lunch is digested and my stomach is more empty because empty stomachs do make a difference. Although, over the summer I was super high from taking and eating breakfast after. I did take an extract though, so that could be why. The anxiety nowadays has gone down a little and same with the depression, but I'm prescribed medication so I'm sure that's helping. I do not drink or do any other drugs, so I guess that's one thing to be happy about. I forgot to add to that period of time I was doing three doses in a day, I was also drinking quite frequently. Somehow though, I feel worse than back then. Maybe I don't, as it's hard to go back in time to see how I felt. I'm hoping that all these mental and physical symptoms go away if I stop taking Kratom because it's getting to the point of being unbearable. I wish I could talk to a close friend about what's going on inside my head and the insufferable addiction I'm going through. I'm just so embarrassed to tell someone. It's not like weed or alcohol where it's normal in society to be addicted to those substances. Yes, people who smoke every day are addicted. I do not care what you have to say. 
Kratom, on the other hand, is not really well known with normal people in society, and the people that do know what it is think it's K2 or some shit, which it's not even close to. My short-term goal with this addiction is cutting it down to one dose a day and cutting out all the extracts. The bad part about the extract is that I can afford it. I mean, it's great that I'm financially stable, but I hate how much I love those things. The long-term goal I have, obviously, is stop taking it completely. I really don't know how long that will take or if it will even happen at all. I just know something has to happen in my life to deter me away from it forever. Even if I do stop, am I going to end up back on it? I hope that my mind will trample this stupid fucking addiction once and for all and I will go back to living a normal life without the satanic substance. I can't even recall what it was like before this took over my life. I'd say that Kratom has definitely ruined my life. I know that I'm still young and have room for improvement, but the future looks completely bleak in regards to Kratom use. Until I go months without taking a single Kratom capsule, I will not be satisfied with my life. Even if I stop taking it for months, there is still a chance I will be super stressed, mad, or whatever feeling that makes me want to escape that reality for just a short period of time. I hope none of you think this story is bullshit and can't happen because it's Kratom. It's 100% true and I want you all to take what I have to say to heart because I don't want anyone to experience the horrors that I'm going through. How Kratom fools you is its subtlety. You may not realize you have a problem until it's too late, just like me. It's just like being an alcoholic, a caffeine addict, or even a food addict. Any kind of addiction is bad, some are worse than others though. You can still function normally on this and look as though you're clean, but in reality you know you're not any better off than someone suffering from a worse addiction. You have the same problems as them, just not as severe. To end this journey I have taken you through, I just want to say that you should never take Kratom under any circumstances, unless you are going through a horrible opioid, benzo, or alcohol withdrawal. Those are seriously the only people I would recommend taking it. Even then though, if there is a way to combat your withdrawals or addictions with something else, please do that instead. If you are currently taking it but are just doing it occasionally, don't ever take more than that. If you can keep it under control like that, then it won't cause you that much harm, but you never know if it will lead to what I'm currently going through, or even worse. If you would have told me I was going to be addicted like this four years ago, I would have taken the crack you were smoking and take a hit of that shit because there's no way in hell someone could get addicted to this. Just please be careful, seriously, your life can be negatively changed, forever. I'm a wild wook that likes to test the limits of my consciousness and experiment to an almost deadly degree. Some describe me as a walking, talking narcotic. The DMT entities have told me drugs took my soul. Drugs have always been my biggest fascination in life, and I've done them all. In combinations from 2 to 10 substances at once, and heroic dosing almost everything. This is just to give context to the report, I'm not bragging by any means. So this is the story of when I ate a half an ounce of ultra-potent penis envy mushrooms without a trip sitter and walked to the park. I had bought these from a friend back when I was a little drug noob and had no idea what penis envies were. I thought shrooms were shrooms and I was a dirty little slut for visuals and spiritual experiences, so I wanted to eat all of $130 worth of the substance. 
I planned to go to this park that had a small wooded area where nobody ever went and thought I would intensely immerse myself into mother nature for this trip. It would be broad daylight outside. I go there around 2 p.m. when kids were getting off of school. This comes into play later. I wake up and pop six of my mom's butalbital, a barbiturate to treat migraines. I'm unsure as to whether or not it had any effect on the trip, because the dose of the very powerful mushrooms was so drastic it probably overpowered everything. I go into the trip with a very positive mindset, as all I plan to do is swing on the swing sets and listen to extra uplifting music and do a little exploring in the woods while in the midst of my mushroom mayhem. At first, I made a piece of toast to put the mushrooms on since there were so many. I did this on an empty stomach with orange juice. After the first piece of shroom toast, I decided to just devour them by themselves since the taste didn't really bother me. I eat all 14 grams of the thick penis envies and sit around for a half an hour before I started walking a short 10 minute distance to the park. On my way, I felt moderately sedated, but the trip hadn't started yet. I make my way to the swing set and start swinging. It's about 2.45 in the afternoon and there were a couple of families with kids playing around the park, going on the slides, chasing each other, just having some good old fashioned wholesome family fun. And I'll be goddamned if I allowed that. So this little boy and little girl walked up to me to play with me while I was swinging. They threw a ball at me and I threw it back to them. Their parents then came up to me to make small talk and they were very very friendly and were happy to see me playing with their kids. And then it hit me like I was a baby and the shrooms were Casey Anthony. My vision starts rippling, pulsating in a translucent geometric energy, to the point where I could not see the ground inches away from me. The little boy had thrown the ball in front of me. I go to grab it and miss multiple times. The ball was fully camouflaged into the wood chips on the ground. The parents noticed and had this very emotionally startled vibe to them. Are you okay? They asked. I literally was about to say, yeah, I'm fine, and then fell off the swing when I tried to reach for the ball again. Are you sure you're alright? Well, there's absolutely no way I can maneuver around this. I have to come up with some kind of lie. So I pretend that I was in high school, even though I graduated a year ago and came straight from my house. I got pressured to do shrooms by some kids on the bus. I really wish I didn't do them. This shocked them as they gave me very weird, overwhelming looks, then said, Come on kids, we gotta go, and then I blacked out. In what seemed like a blink of an eye, the whole family vanished, like into thin air. No kids or cars in sight. I snapped out of the blackout from the very overwhelming intensity of the shrooms, wondering if all that actually happened. I was alone, swinging very slowly with my head down. My vision was like crystallized bubble wrap. All the inanimate objects around me appeared to be sentient. I could feel the psilocybin traveling through the veins in my forehead. My brain felt like it was in a vacuum. Auditory hallucinations bombard me, and the best way I can describe them is if every noise was going down a drain and echoing through a pipe. I could hear conversations of people that were very far away. It was like my eardrum turned into a stretchy putty. I got up from the swing, took about two steps, and tripped and fell on my ass. This would keep happening continuously. I could not stand up for the life of me. This effect was a hundred times worse than my balance while being drunk. The trees look more like spiraling fractals than they did trees. I'm vibrating like an Xbox controller on rapid fire. An external force communicates by tuning my consciousness into this alternate vibrant realm of infinity. 
I get the almost violent urge to empty my bladder. Over the years, my ketamine, DPH, jimsonweed, DXM, and alcohol abuse has inflamed my bladder into the size of a 2 liter soda, and it was full to the brim. I pull my pants down to urinate, and it just pours out immediately on its own with the force of a fire hose. The intensity of the urination combined with my lack of inhibitions and balance caused me to fall over mid-piss. I'm peeing all over myself. I said, well fuck these clothes then, and removed all the pissy clothing from my body. Not too long after, I forget why I'm naked. I felt so connected to the earth and thought I must be new to prepare for intercourse, so I decided to have sex with the earth. I dig a hole into the ground and insert my dick into it and start pumping. I am merged into mother nature, she is me, and I am her. This connection brought out feelings of wanting to further submerge myself with the earth, so I started eating chunks of dirt straight out of the ground. During my dirt feast and muddy fuck fest, I look up because I hear commotion. There was another wholesome family at the park. I picked up their vibes in an instant, the shock in their eyes beamed into my demonic saucers, their energy deflated like a balloon. I hear a woman's voice go, oh my god, and in response to this, I start growling, gnawing more chunks of dirt into my mouth like a madman and thrusting myself harder into the ground. They run to their cars and I growl some more, so they run faster. I start busting out into a salvia-like laughter, absolutely deranged and insane. I stop eating dirt so I can make dirt angels into the ground. With every movement, my bare naked body gets ate up by more and more bugs. As I was staring up into the sky, there were these spherically fractalized structures in the clouds. They look like artwork from Larry Carlson. A helicopter swings into view, and with my enhanced hearing, it was incredibly loud. It sounded like police had their megaphones out were yelling in a distorted jumbled funk. It sounded like they were making commands. This very much freaked me out, and I snapped out of my ego dissolution. I put my dirty clothes back on and look for my phone and house keys. After 10 minutes of searching, I give up and realize I needed to get out of here as soon as possible. As I'm about to leave, my friend Skylar pulls up in her charger. I had no idea why she was here, but I was extremely relieved. She came to save the day. I hop in the passenger seat and let out a heavy sigh. She covers her mouth and says, Oh my god, what have you been doing? You smell like piss, and what's that brown stuff around your mouth? I look in the mirror and slightly remember what had went down. I was eating dirt and I fucked mother nature. She burst out laughing in disbelief. How many shrooms did you take? I say, a half ounce. She laughs again. Only you. I urge her to drive so she pulls out of the small parking area and towards my home. I look behind me and see two police cars pull into the parking lot shortly after we had left. Holy shitballs, I just got extremely fucking lucky. I mumble a thank you to the psychedelic entities of hyperspace. I was still having stretched out auditory hallucinations and my pupils were like super massive black holes. So how did you have this impeccable timing? I asked. You texted me a half hour ago to come get you. I literally have no recollection of this whatsoever. I'm actually in awe that all of this insanity came together to prevent me from getting arrested. She drops me off at my place and tells me to be safer next time. Anxiety comes over me as I reach for the door handle because I did not want to ring the doorbell and have my parents come to see me. I had to sneak around them so I could change my stinky clothes and wash my face. I push open the door quietly. Yes, it's already unlocked. My parents were upstairs in the kitchen watching TV and turn towards me as I walk in. 
Where have you been? I tell them I have to go to the bathroom and run in there to clean up. I change my clothes, wash my face, and brush my teeth. I take a look at myself in the mirror and I look crazy high. I'd say I was coming down now but still getting that fisheye magnification on my eyes and other features of my face. I walk out the bathroom and my mom says, Come here! She takes one glance at me and says, You look drunk. Wow, my mom is such a noob. I just agree and tell her I went to the park for a few hours and got drunk with some friends. Surprisingly, she didn't hound me with nagging and more questions, so I go downstairs to watch TV and let my trip die down. Wow, my first bad mushroom trip. There are literally hundreds of bug bites all over my body, I lost all my stuff, and these shrooms kicked my ass. Revisiting this experience is somewhat difficult for me. The few hours I remember are some of the most frightening and potentially deadly I've ever had the displeasure of experiencing. I grew up in a very conservative wealthy family and by my early teens I found myself experimenting with pot, mostly out of desperation for my friends. By the time I was 17 I was regularly getting stoned and loving this new world I discovered. I was meeting people and spending times in places that my parents would have died had they ever found out about, and I loved it. I loved the independence, and I loved thinking I knew better. By the time I was about 17, the same group of friends that introduced me to pot had started talking about this thing called Moonflower. Desperate to prove myself to these older, cooler guys, I told them I'd love to try it, and we went on a search throughout the town to hopefully find some growing. We found a plant and took a few pots to one of the guys' homes. I don't remember how much I took that night, but it wasn't much. I remember going home pretty soon after and coaxing myself into thinking I was starting to trip out. I'd never done anything but smoke weed, so I didn't know what this was even supposed to do, but the little information they had given me led me to believe it was some kind of hallucinogen. That's literally all I knew about it. After that failed night, a few months had gone by and I found myself at the local lake with some friends hanging out on the beach. I noticed some gigantic moonflower plants growing nearby, and upon closer inspection, I noticed that there were several huge spiny pods growing all around it. I picked four or five of the biggest ones and headed home. They looked kind of cool so I lined them on top of the TV in my room and kind of forgot about them. A couple days later, my entire family came down with their wives and children, I'm the youngest. We're a pretty close family so we spent the day hanging out and just having a good time. Little did I know what was coming that night. It was about 3 in the morning and I was bored with nothing to do. I'd spent all the time I could on the computer and there was nothing on TV, but I soon remembered the spiny pod sitting on top of my television. I was in a pretty daring mood and I didn't want another false start so I took two of the pods upstairs with me and cut them open in the kitchen. I completely emptied out the contents of both pods and poured a glass of my favorite juice, then proceeded to pour the contents into my mouth where I chewed them up to a pulp and swallowed the mush with a few gulps of fruit juice. It's been six years since that night, but as I sit here and remember it, I'm actually gagging as I think about it. I sat in the kitchen for a few minutes, then remember walking downstairs into my bedroom. I sat on the bed waiting for something to happen and after 10 minutes or so had passed I started thinking it must have been another dud. I sat up to walk into the bathroom and as I got up I noticed a strong sense of dizziness come over me. It's working, I remember thinking. I walked into the bathroom with a really strong urge to urinate but as I stood over the toilet I noticed that I couldn't go. 
No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't start to pee. By this time, the effects were almost doubling every minute or so, and my mind was becoming more and more cloudy. I had to pee so bad, and I remember that every time I got into hot water, I had a hard time not going. So hey, why not turn on the outside jacuzzi? Genius idea, I thought. I started walking out of the bathroom, and as I caught my reflection on the way out, I stopped and stood there staring at myself, not recognizing the person looking back at me. I sat there moving my face around and feeling with my hand as the effects came washing over me faster and faster. I never felt anything like this before and I was kind of liking it. By this time, I started to teleport around the house. I have absolutely no memory of walking around, I just remember appearing in different rooms. I opened my eyes and I was in my bedroom looking into the mirror, getting more and more confused about who was looking back at me. I teleported to the jacuzzi controls and turned it on. The jacuzzi takes a good 20 minutes to heat up, but I just remember suddenly being in my swimsuit and trying to walk outside again to the warm jacuzzi. I remember having the hardest time trying to lift my legs to walk by now. I got to the edge of the jacuzzi which has about a 1 foot high ledge to step over and I thought I was lifting my leg high enough to step over the ledge, but as I went to take my step, I noticed my foot was only a few inches from the ground. I bent down and lifted my leg up with my hands and suddenly I was sitting down in the warm water. I was finally able to urinate and I was just sitting there in a complete daze. This is where I started to pass in and out of consciousness. The best way to explain it is to say it's exactly like when someone holds my neck and passes me out and I start coming back from it. I get this weird static noise in the background like from a television that slowly fades away and I'm back to normal again. It was even stranger because the noise of the water and jets mixed in with the static and it all blended together. This is the scariest part. I'll give a brief explanation of the layout of our backyard to better convey the situation. Basically, the pool and jacuzzi sit about 25 feet away from the house and the house faces a steep drop off that looks out over the city. There's homes on both sides of ours that are separated by a high brick wall. I was situated in a way that I was facing the house with my back to the drop-off and able to see the brick wall to our neighbor's house to my far right, about 50 feet away. Remember, this is now about 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the morning, so it's pitch dark. I remember looking over at the wall and seeing a dark figure appear. It was more of a black shadow than a person and it slid up over the wall and started crawling over to me. The moment the first figure started over the wall, it was followed by three others that looked exactly like it. I followed them with my eyes as they slid up and over the yard until they slipped into the water in front of me. Then darkness, now static. I can't see anything but I can hear the static getting louder and louder. It's building up more and more until it morphs into the sound of the jacuzzi jets. I look up and the figures are gone. Darkness again. The beings are back. I'm talking to them but I don't remember what about. Now, the static is building up again until it morphs into the jets. I look back up, and they're gone. Darkness swallows me again, and the beings are back. Then suddenly, I come back too, and I'm in the house, standing in the downstairs living room dripping wet. I start walking to my bedroom and I notice the light is turned on. I didn't leave it turned on, I think to myself. I walk in, and to my absolute horror, my entire family is there. They're all staring at me with looks of disgust and surprise. My dad approaches me and in a demanding voice says, What do you want? I desperately try to answer, nothing, but my mouth won't work. I finally get something close to nothing out and he answers back, 
You're slurring your words so badly I can't even understand you. Now tell me what you're on. I scream back, nothing, and turn to my bed. My mom is sitting on it and I lay down next to her. She places her hand underneath me to feel my heart and I hear her say, his heart is about to beat out of his chest. I get scared and in my final words utter, Moonflower. I took Moonflower. They ask in confusion what Moonflower is and I point to my TV. I raise my hand and yell, Moonflower, as I point at the pods on my TV. Then darkness. That was my last memory. Suddenly I wake up and my mom is holding me. I'm sitting on the couch in the office and I see a figure charging toward me. I start batting at it with my hands while screaming and my mom holds me down and says, Alex, it's just a hallucination. Settle down. I come back to and look at my arm. There's a bandage over my veins near my elbow and a hospital ID tag around my wrist. I ask what's going on and my mom tells me I've been in the hospital for the last 24 hours. Apparently, they rushed me to the hospital after I passed out of my bed and I went crazy when I got there. I was punching the nurses and swearing at everyone so they had to restrain me on my hospital bed. I started to seize so they gave me the stuff that's supposed to knock you out, but it didn't work until they gave me 10 times more than what's normally required. My entire family really was in my room because apparently at some point I walked into the room my sister was sleeping in and mumbled some gibberish, so she went to my parents and woke them up, which woke everyone else up and they all wanted to see what was going on. To this day, I honestly think I was starting to cross over to the spirit world and I was looking at actual spirits. Maybe they were looking over me. If I had fallen into the pool, I would have unquestionably drowned. If I had walked over the edge of the yard, I would have fallen to my death. The fact I didn't kill myself that night is a total miracle. Moonflower, jimsonweed, or whatever is a terrible weed. I will stay away from it like the plague. I literally had no control over my body once it kicked in. I could have murdered my entire family and I would never remember it. There isn't enough money in the world to make me want to try it ever again. I am writing this because I actually want to talk about this incident, but I feel like everyone around me is afraid to do so. Either they think I am uncomfortable or they just really don't want to hear it. The story is long and complex and people obviously don't understand what I've been through that night. I get it, but talking about it helps me understand so much more. I am sorry if this is too long, but I hope someone gets to the end. I am going to try to describe everything as I have seen it, but fully putting it into words is just not possible. It started when I was hanging out with a friend of mine. We were staying up all night just drinking and having fun. At around 7am we started consuming speed and ketamine, and quite a lot of it. I still don't know why we did that, but we just felt like it. Every hour or so we decided to consume more and more. I was already starting to have hallucinations, but mild ones. Like his face would change completely, colored tunnels and vibrant moving rooms. I thought he saw stuff as well, but he never did. As the hallucinations started becoming more realistic and scary, we decided to stop consuming and go on with our days. As I was getting ready for work, I started seeing hundreds of spiders and other bugs crawling on the bed and all over the walls, still somewhat mild hallucinations. I remember thinking, okay, that's weird, but it's probably gonna go away in a bit. 
then regular things in the room and on the walls would start forming something alive, like tape on the walls started forming into a flying dinosaur. As the hallucinations progressed, I started to get scared, like hours have passed and it's getting worse instead of better. I decided with my friend that it's best if I don't go to work. I called in sick and was planning on staying the night at my friend's place again until I felt better. Night is upon us and shit's about to get real. The bedsheets are bleeding, someone is trying to get through the window, horrible creatures are lurking in the corners. I saw the fucking Pope flying across the room with a cross in his hand, and the face of my friend changed into something ghostly. My friend was getting seriously worried for me as I started crying and explaining to him what's going on, screaming that I'm not crazy and that someone is actually trying to break in. The look on his face is something I'll never forget. He knew in that moment that this is not a joke anymore. So, we tried to sleep it off, but obviously it didn't work. I wanted to go home and be alone because I didn't want to bother him with this. After lots of convincing, he let me leave and brought me to my doorstep. He didn't want me to leave, but I made him. So I am in my house and I realize there is no way I'm getting through this alone. The room is upside down, there are geometrical signs everywhere, the floor is full of slime from giant spider-like creatures and it's sticking to my long hair, hands and feet. I wanted to call the ambulance but I didn't have my phone and I was home alone. I went out on the street and asked some strangers to do it for me. They thought I was crazy and kind of tried to make me go away. I was crying and walking myself to the nearest police station. I didn't care, I just wanted it to stop. On my way there, things started following me, and these were weird, very random looking creatures that didn't make any sense, like the Upside Down or the Dead World. I got to the station and explained that I needed help. Of course they treated me like shit because they thought I was just a junkie. I was a 22 year old girl, well dressed and obviously a first timer that made a mistake. They left me alone in a tiny room for an hour while the hallucinations filled the entire room. There was no escaping. I saw a blue budgie in the window glass sitting on my shoulder. I then look at my shoulder, no budgie. I feel something in my pocket and I reached in only to find my hand full of blue feathers. The slimy spider-like creatures were back. They were all in my hair and in my skin. Worms started crawling into my arms. My pants were on fire. All this while some fucking creatures tried getting to me from outside. The ambulance came, finally. In the car, I saw a plastic bag filled with dead, rotten babies. A little creature was lurking around my legs wanting to get into my skin. And the medic's face was evil. He had a huge, weird-looking smile on his face and red eyes. At the hospital, they tried treating me with a shit ton of tranquilizers and other stuff. It didn't work. I didn't sleep. As I was laying there, the room filled with visions again. Purple rain and my jacket formed a face. It started to nibble on my IV tube trying to kill me. The carpet also formed a face and tried eating at my feet. But the most horrible one out of all the others, death. Literally the grim reaper was standing in front of my bed, looking at me. In a distant room, I started hearing a loud cry that sounded familiar. It was my mom. It looked like I had just died and my mom was in the other room, just now finding out about my passing. I was laying there thinking, great, this is how you go, this is how you die, good job. A couple hours later and I am still awake, not moving a single part of my body though since I was sedated as fuck. A nurse comes in and wants to bring me to another room. That's when the schizophrenia symptoms started kicking in big time. I told her, 
please. I know my mom and all my friends and family are here. Why can't they see me? Why aren't you letting me see them? I can hear and see them literally in the other room. She said that there was no one there since I am an adult and they didn't call anyone. I didn't believe her since I literally saw my friends outside the room holding up signs and singing for me to get better. I heard my mom. I know what my fucking mom sounds like. I thought they were lying for whatever reason. She brings me to the other room and tries talking to me. I was too distracted by the fact that I'm hearing my whole family in the next room over, wondering why they can't come in and hold me. I told her that I know they are there and why they refuse to let me see them. As I grew more and more frustrated, I got up aggressively and walked into the next room alone, thinking I would find my family there. Nothing. They got security because I was crying, screaming, and fighting with the staff. I heard them talk shit about me, about how I'm just a crazy patient, I smell like shit, and that I can die and no one would care. I was still hallucinating heavily, all while being schizophrenic as well, but I just wanted to go home to my mom, that's all I wanted. They were debating whether or not to let me leave since I am an adult. In the end, they didn't let me go since I was a danger to myself and others and very sedated. Looking back now, I am so happy they didn't let me go, even if I tried hard to convince them that I was fine. Because I was getting progressively worse, even after they treated me for hours, they decided to bring me to a psychiatric hospital for further treatment and a diagnosis. During the drive, I thought that they were testing me, making faces and being really, really weird to see if I would react to it. I thought they all wanted to end me. I didn't understand how they could make fun of me. I got to the psychiatric hospital all sedated and tired as fuck, not being able to speak properly. It was around 6 a.m. I fell asleep sitting down, then the doctor called me into the room. He started asking me about my schizophrenia and the symptoms I was having. I was not able to listen or talk, so I was just sitting there looking at all the things that weren't there. He told me to step outside for a moment and wait. This part is way too long, so I'm going to leave some of it out. Long story short, more crazy hallucinations. I left the hospital by accident on my own, all sedated. On my way home, I was walking like a fucking zombie. I got into a train, but it wasn't the right one. I was wandering around in another city and even walking on the highway and no one tried to help me. No one thought anything of it. I must have taken another train into my city and I fell asleep there. The next morning around 11am, someone is knocking on the window from outside telling me to leave since the train has reached the end station. Confused, fucked up, and still schizophrenic with some hallucinations, I got up and left the train without hesitation. I was somewhat far away from home, but at least in the right city, so I took a cab. The driver looked at me weird, and I just felt horrible. I got home, went inside, and I noticed that my mom wasn't there. I still didn't have my phone, having no idea where anyone is and if anyone is looking for me. I didn't know how long I was gone and why no one has found me yet. I was so lost and wanting to hug someone real already. I needed someone, anyone, to just hold me. I remember that I still believed that everything that happened was real until this point. I went to my neighbor, borrowed his phone, and called my mom. My first words were, in a loud crying voice, Why didn't you come in yesterday when I needed you? Why didn't you see me? I knew you were there. What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. After everything that has happened last night, you act like you don't know. I really wanted you to come into the room and just be there. What the fuck is going on and what are you talking about? Where are you? I'm sending your sister, just stay there. 
This was the first time I realized that they weren't actually at the hospital. I hung up, laid on my bed crying as the room started to fill with water and my jacket started talking to me again. Literally 30 minutes later, I hear my doorbell ring. I get up and look through the hole to see who was there. It was my sister, but I didn't believe it. I asked her who she is and she said, It's me. I opened the door and just fucking hugged her for the longest time ever while I just cried in her arms. She was the first thing I saw and felt that I knew was real, a feeling I could never put into words. I have also never seen her this worried and confused before. She took me to her apartment where I finally slept after almost two days of no sleep. She laid there with me until I fell asleep keeping me safe and warm. My mom got there as well and took out the IV tube that was still in my arm. After that, she didn't really let me out of her sight for months. The psychosis went away fully after three to four days. I have never had anything like that ever since. This experience changed my life, not in a good nor a bad way, but it totally changed me. I still can't believe I have actually experienced something like this, being a crazy person. I could have died like 10 times during that night. It's weird to think about the fact that I was literally alone, on my own in a situation like this. If you have made it this far, thank you so much for listening and have a good day. Remember when those dank vape carts and other similar ones were making headlines? Unfortunately, I ended up with two of them. I purchased them online as I do with marijuana, but was inexperienced in buying carts. Well, I really shouldn't have dabbled with them because eventually I wound up with these two fake ones. What exactly I smoked I cannot be sure of, but I know it was synthetic. From the moment I opened them I was highly suspicious of them. A friend of mine who works for a medical marijuana doc advised me against vaping them and said they were most certainly fakes. Did I listen? Of course not, because I'm an idiot. The first thing I noticed was the distinct taste of lemon. I thought, okay, that's not good. It doesn't matter what strain of weed I've smoked, none of them had tasted like anything else besides weed. The second thing I noticed was the chemical aftertaste in my mouth. That's when I knew I had fucked up. That was all within a second or two because the next thing I realized is that I am alarmingly high from whatever I had just vaped. I had taken maybe one to two decent sized hits max and thank god I didn't take any more hits at that time. My THC tolerance at the time was through the roof. I had been smoking daily for years with virtually no tolerance break and had been dabbing for the past year prior to this experience so I was shocked by how high I felt. How to explain? It was somewhat similar to what one would feel taking a large dab with a low tolerance for THC but only for a couple of minutes. Then things got weird. At the time, I was temporarily disabled and had a bunch of weird diseases and was generally in poor health. Weed was my medicine to escape the pain of my disorders and diseases. Luckily, most are gone now. So imagine my surprise when I find myself galloping across my house at high speed. I had a massive surge of energy, but nothing reminiscent of weed nor of stimulants. I had been prescribed Vyvanse, Adderall, and Concerta and was on Vyvanse at the time. I felt like I was wigged out simultaneously, it just didn't feel natural. After gallivanting around my house with little to no thoughts going through my brain, I got into my bed. That's when things got bad. 
My body started twitching uncontrollably and it absolutely felt like I had taken a dirty chemical. My body just felt all wrong. My brain felt the same way. My thoughts were rapid and illogical, but they were fleeting. I can honestly say I have no memory of what I was thinking at the time, but it felt reminiscent to the end of a bad LSD trip in a way. I recall googling and reading some experiences and felt a sense of, I've really done it now. I felt as if I had permanently damaged my body and mind. I couldn't move an inch the entire time either. It's as if I was glued to the bed due to the negative effects on my body. I tried to move a limb and it just didn't work well. It felt extremely filthy in my system and I truly thought I had done permanent damage. I felt my nervous system was the most affected though. Here's the worst bit though. I wanted more after it began to fade. I thought it was only supposed to last like 30 minutes, but I didn't come down for three hours. Once I did, that's when I took another hit, and another, and another. It felt similar to before, but less intense, so like the idiot I am, I took another hit. The next three hours were very similar to the first, and I have no recollection of any of it. The one thing I know for sure is that my body felt heavy and I was completely unable to function, move, or do anything remotely productive, even though I felt energetic. It's so hard to explain, but there was certainly a combo of energy and lethargy existing as one. Did I vape more? Of course I did, maybe about three more times over the next couple days. Finally I realized it's pseudo-allure for what it was and stopped for good. I have only smoked regular cannabis since then. I still have the carts. Part of me wants to send them in for testing and research purposes, but the other part of me wants to take another hit. I should probably toss them, and I hope I do. Let me begin by saying that I've been put in a mental hospital three times in the past year for psychosis and depression. It is believed that my psychosis was triggered, not caused, by the use of LSD, the details of which I will not go into. After being prescribed with a myriad of medications with little help and accompanying serious side effects, antipsychotics will numb your life. I was becoming very fed up with the doctor's half-assed attempts to make me better. I had read something about LSD being used half a century ago to cure certain mental illnesses, one of them being depression. I had stopped taking my antipsychotics secretly less than a week before and was beginning to taper off of my antidepressant, also secretly. Since the depression was the principal enemy to my well-being, I decided to give LSD a try, by myself to defeat it, despite how it might affect my psychosis. It is usually quite difficult to procure acid where I live, but I unexpectedly made a new contact and obtained four hits by the end of the day. Looking back, this was divine providence. I was on my way home at about 1am and decided that, in order to time my trip so that I would not be tripping very far into the next day, I needed to do it then, so I took the four hits, roughly one half hour before I would be home. I had taken to doing pre-trip auto-hypnosis to ensure a good trip for my past few trips, but since this is awfully difficult to do while driving, I decided to forego it. My mindset was rather typical during that time of my life and was permeated by a mild to moderate sadness, apathy, and profound sense of being alone even when amongst close friends. On a side note, I lived with my parents and was 17 at the time. My parents knew of my previous drug use because of my hospitalization, but I had convinced them that this was a thing of the past. 
As I approached my neighborhood, I became increasingly aware of the growing intensity. Within five minutes of first feeling the effects of the drug, I was seriously beginning to trip. I pulled into my neighborhood, thankfully as it was becoming very difficult to drive, and stopped to talk to my gate guard. I live on a heavily wooded golf course which makes for some rather interesting trips. Thankfully it was T, the young gate guard who has no problem with drugs. I told him after a moment of chit chat that I was tripping and that I needed to get home, but if he saw me on the course that night to not worry. So I pulled into the driveway and walked in the door, coming face to face with my mother in a well lit area. Fortunately, I act weird enough normally so that tripping around my parents is relatively easy if made short, but I knew that my eyes were very dilated and the look on my face was one of fear, so I came close to panicking. I was able to keep the conversation very short with few questions and only a little bit of evident confusion on my part, which isn't all that out of the ordinary for me. As I walked up to my room, my thoughts were of how to make sure I don't have to interact with my parents anymore that night. I decided on taking a nice long bath which had always been soothing while tripping in the past. I got into the tub and tried to relax as I was becoming very anxious about the rapidly accelerating intensity. The most LSD I had consumed before was two hits at a time and I was alone then also. Apparently this new acid was of remarkable strength because I was quickly having extreme intense visual hallucinations and lack of physical coordination, much more so than on two hits, even taking into account doubling the dose. My bathtub is faux marble which has lots of swirling patterns and such, so there was much visual fodder for the trip. After what seemed like half an hour of this, probably more like 5 minutes, I was on the verge of panicking so I decided the best route was to go to my room and turn off the lights and just lay in bed and listen to music. So I got out of the tub and started to dress, quickly realizing that this was going to take a great deal of effort and time. I stopped after getting my boxers on. Normally, I plan my trips music-wise as listening to music is my favorite thing to do while tripping. I had planned an extensive list starting with Bach's Well-Tempered Clavier and peaking with Rachmaninoff and Prokofiev Piano Concertos. As I got into my room, I quickly realized that to do all of this, I would first have to find the list, then find the CDs, then find the cases to the CDs already in the charger, and then switch them out. Way too difficult, so I just turned on whatever was in there and turned off the lights to go to bed. I had had audio hallucinations before, but they had always been familiar sounds. Applause, laughter, talking, hearts beating, car horns, etc. These hallucinations were sounds which did not even faintly resemble any sound I had heard before. In addition to that, I had closed eye visuals of creatures and scenes likely induced by reading too much HP Lovecraft, though they were not scary in any way other than their intensity. The thing that worried me most though was the thought processes I was having. I was quickly losing the ability to think about anything in ways that would possibly warrant the term thinking. I did not know what to think about human relationships, especially that of parent-child, specifically my parents and I. I spent god knows how long trying to figure out what I might say if my parents came into my room and woke me up. It was so intense that I panicked and grabbed a double dose of antipsychotic to help fight the trip. Looking back, I have no way of telling what this did to the experience. The madness proceeded on for a while and I completely lost track of time. I sat up in bed after about three hours, judging by which CD was on, with a terrifying revelation. I realized that tripping was a trap that had been set for me and, once released, I was the only person left on earth and I would be tripping until I died. 
This was an incredibly terrible feeling and it was accompanied by an intense rush of what I think must have been adrenaline. On top of that, the rush seemed to be screaming at me in a human voice, though I could still clearly hear the music. Although I was the last person on earth, the other bodies were still here but were merely hallucinations meant to fool me into thinking that the trap wasn't real. I wallowed for a few fleeting moments in utter despair, but quickly decided that although it was a terrible fate, the way to go was to make the best of it and go outside and enjoy myself. So I precariously marched downstairs and straight out the back door. I walked out towards the golf course and on the way contemplated the necessity of clothes in my unprecedented situation. I determined that they were pointless, so I took them off. Of course by them, I actually just mean my boxers. As I reached the golf course, I realized that my thoughts about making the best of the situation stopped at going outside. I was very confused about how one goes about enjoying oneself naked and tripping very hard on a golf course in the middle of the night. So I did the first thing that came to my mind. I did a slow somersault on the still moist from rain grass. I then proceeded to jump in a way that seemed to be dancing. I had run out of ideas at that point and then I started to have thoughts of what I should do while tripping and it occurred to me that I could get away with anything, even rape if I wanted. I quickly dismissed this idea for several reasons. 1. Even if the people weren't real, I still knew it was wrong. 2. I know from experience that sexual activity while tripping hard is damn near impossible. 3. I don't know more than 3 or 4 people in my neighborhood and 2 are female and neither of them are attractive or under 40. And lastly, some corner of my brain that wasn't tripping was screaming at me that this would be a very bad idea, seeing as how I am not cool with prison at all. I then decided to go for a walk down my street, which is always very moving in a slightly spiritual, completely intangible sort of way. I am now walking, stark naked, down my street somewhere around 4am. The intensity and severity of the trip, perceived trap included, was still building, so I decided to take a short rest and lay down. That's when a car pulls up. I look up, and it's T, the gate guard. I know he's just a hallucination, but I decide not to let him know that I know, and just play along. So after the initial astonished remarks, I thought you were going to walk the trails. How many did you take again? Do you know you're laying in the middle of the street naked? After some arguing, he got me to get into his car. We talked for a while as he drove to my house about how he never did the whole naked tripping thing and how it's a good thing that nobody looked out their window and saw me. At one point I said, rather offhandedly and nonchalantly, that I should kill myself, with the thought in mind that it didn't matter since nobody else was around to mourn my death and I was going to be tripping until I died. He assured me that I should not, that everything was going to be fine, and when I told him that I was going to die, he said with complete confidence that I would not, which was probably all I needed to hear right from the beginning. I was very reluctant to leave his car, but he eventually convinced me to just go to bed. I went upstairs, still butt naked, and crawled into bed and went to sleep, just like that. I woke up the next morning to my father telling me that I had to pick up a family friend from the hospital that day, which I totally hadn't factored in the previous day. After the initial conversation, I realized all that had transpired the night before. I had a profound thankfulness to be alive, for every person I knew that loved me, for music, and for absolutely everything. I had been brought to the utter depths of complete despair and solitude and had been redeemed against all impossibility. I almost got in a wreck about 10 times getting my friend from the hospital to home and I ended up crashing and sleeping a good 12 hours at my cousin's house. 
Although it seemed like a perfect revelation, my depression returned in a couple of days, nearly unscathed. However, I had a talk with my best friend less than a week after, and though she knew about the trip, she knew no details. On the subject of drugs and life and suicide, she gave me a beautiful, powerfully moving oration and said many of the same things I had thought after waking up. I was nearly moved to tears and felt clearly that God was telling me something, something I could not ignore any longer. I decided right then to turn my life around and quit being such an ass and constantly feeling sorry for myself. It has been several months since then, and although I have occasionally felt shitty like everybody does sometimes, the yoke of depression and constant dwelling on the thought of suicide has been lifted completely after many years of suffering under its ever-growing tyranny. As for my psychosis, it feels either that it has diminished somewhat or it has simply ceased to be important, though it is still occasionally troublesome, but well within tolerable bounds. I realize that I still have a long spiritual journey ahead of me with many trials, but I know now that I can survive anything God puts me through, unless of course, it kills me. Earlier this year, I had heard that the refrigerant, Freon R22, gives a wicked buzz and makes you hallucinate like crazy in a manner similar to dissociatives like PCP. This was just the beginning of my problems. I decided to huff some Freon as I thought it would be a cheap and fun way to get high as I didn't have access to any other drugs at the time. My dad works on AC units and at refrigeration plants and makes a decent amount of money doing so. He had several canisters of Freon sitting around in the garage. After about a month of getting familiar with the gas and how it worked, I knew exactly how much to breathe and I would spend hours in my basement watching people walk by and strange figures dancing around the walls. Later I found that if I put headphones on and listened to stoner music, the effects were much more intense and colorful. As I increased the dose of Freon, it seemed as though I was God and I was able to travel anywhere and understand anything. Of course, I had some bad trips like the house burning down and blood spewing out of my chest, but usually they were amazing and liberating. This next part is difficult to explain. However, I will try my best to describe the experience. It was nighttime and I was in my backyard sitting on the chair with a Freon canister in front of me. I began huffing at a rate I have never done before, and this is when things got fucked up. I felt like I was spinning. The spinning became more of a half-spin that violently went back and forth. Soon I felt as though my body was being pulled from every direction. The spinning continued to get worse, it started to spin from several different directions, and the pattern for my cutting board was still present, but from all the spinning, it had started to create new patterns and textures. The pattern soon turned into that of casino chips covered in pool table cloth, then the casino chips started to spin individually. Soon, the spinning became much worse and the sounds became that of those little metal balls that are suspended and hit each other, only it was much more rapid and rather disturbing. Out of nowhere, it all went away and I was suspended in nothingness. I was floating in a black void, but I heard an evil laugh echoing slowly towards me. When the laughter sounded like it was right behind me, I was then transported to a happy place. It was a hilly meadow, green grass, flowers, and a clear sky with a bright sun. It was the happiest place in the universe, and the euphoria I felt just by existing in it was impossible to describe. The world was filled with rainbows and candy, unicorns, puppies, and cats everywhere. 
After a few minutes of pure ecstasy in this fantasy land, there was this strange noise, laughing. It got louder and louder until, when at its zenith, the world faded and swirled into a dark hall. At one end, there was this little girl. The little girl had a bob cut and a pink and blue dress, and that may not sound so scary, but she had a psychotic smile that looked like someone cut a smile into her face with a knife. It stretched from ear to ear, and her eyes were bloodshot, yellow, and had black blood dripping from them. She didn't move for a few minutes, simply staring into my soul itself. Then, she slowly started to move forward, slowly, slowly. A smile started carving its way into her mouth, and the bloodshot eyes, which simply exuded maliciousness, melted into the fabric of the universe itself. That's when she started rushing towards me. She ran a million kilometers an hour, and I just managed to run a million and one. Never catching up and never lagging, she pursued me into the small hours of the morning in this endless long tunnel. On the brink of my wake-up, everything would slow as I collided into the end of the tunnel. The big smile would turn into a full open mouth smile, revealing something bloody, teeth so sharp at their smallest point they were smaller than a fucking atom, with white fangs drenched in a red substance, all inside a black hole darker than space itself. She finally caught up with me, and right as she was about to bite my face off, the trip ended. It just ended, like that. No come down, nothing, just an abrupt ending of the bad trip. It felt like it went on for hours, but I checked my watch, it had only been 5 minutes. Damn, this shit is something else. Unlike the euphoric afterglows I felt after my previous Freon experiences, I felt anxious and had an excruciating headache. I tried to move, and I did, but I felt like my body was still lying down. My legs were moving, but I felt like I was still in the chair, and I still felt like I had the canister in my hand, but it was not, it was on the table. I went inside and I sat down on the couch, and my arms felt like they were made of rubber and had sagged to the floor, like an old and abused Stretch Armstrong. About a minute later I felt normal again, but still with a crushing headache. I took some naproxen and went to bed. It all ended one day after I made the brilliant, heinously stupid idea to huff before driving. I wrecked my car, obviously, but not before tripping. I was upset and I wanted to get away from home for a while. Not for a long period of time, but at least for a day or two. After about an hour of arguing with my parents about something unrelated to the situation, I decided to just take a big hit and let the lights go out for a while. Passing out was common with Freon, but I was so angry that I wasn't thinking clearly at the moment. I took two deep breaths and I was out, but something was wrong. I felt confused and walked over to my car, opened the door, shut it, and turned the vehicle on and began driving aimlessly down the street. It was the dead of night and I had no idea where I was going or why. That's when I heard a loud bang and a scream of agony. The little girl from the previous trip appeared standing on the hood of my car, crouched down in front of the windshield with that shitting grin on her face, startling the shit out of me and causing me to crash into a tree. I realized that somehow, even in my Freon-fueled days, I had remembered to put my seatbelt on, so I wasn't seriously injured. I got out of the car and I felt my body slowly dying. It was something I have never felt before. The feeling is still impossible to describe. Suddenly, I was standing in front of my body, grabbing its arms and holding onto it because it felt as though somebody or something was pulling me away. The terror lasted forever. It literally felt like hours. 
I really thought I was dead and my conscious self was actually my soul apart from my body. Finally, I came to but I couldn't move and I couldn't see straight. I just laid on the ground for at least 15 minutes trying to make sense of what had just happened. I walked home in a dazed and paranoid state and crawled upstairs to my bed and crashed. I was cold as shit to the point where covering myself in blankets did nothing. I now know that I was cold because Freon is a refrigerant and can lower your core temperature if inhaled. The next day I vowed never to do Freon again and I still haven't. This experience had disturbed me so badly that all I did for a week was lay down on my bed thinking about what had happened and was desperately trying to remember the details about the experience and what it meant. My friends and parents tried to talk to me, but I was so disturbed I could not even acknowledge their presence. The only silver lining is that my dad was too happy that I was alive to be pissed at me for huffing toxic chemicals. Never, ever, ever will I make that mistake again. It was a stupid ass thing to do and no one should ever huff this shit. Don't do it. Use any other drug. Anything else is better than this. Heroin, meth, even crack is healthier than this shit. Several years later I tried ecstasy for the first time and that has helped me greatly in dealing with this. I didn't know that Freon could make you hallucinate something so horrific but the fear was genuine and I could still remember that little girl's face today. I guess it was my conscience trying to scare the shit out of me as to where I would never do this shit again. The places that Freon brings you are euphoria and bliss in their purest form. It's like a heroin addiction, you just want to stay there forever, but you know it hurts you and you know that beneath that false happiness is a hell you may not ever escape from. I will regret doing this for the rest of my life.